Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading episode 117 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. This is the last of our episodes recorded on the Joko cruise in 2017. And, of course, that ship has literally sailed. But next year's cruise is open. You can get tickets right now. You can go to jococruise.com. It's going to be a great time. I can tell you from personal experience, you do not want to miss this. It is a week-long party. It is a summer camp. It is playing games, making new friends, seeing friends that you haven't seen in a little while. It is amazing. But for now, settle in and enjoy episode 117 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best, best picture winner. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Mark, it's time for our boat podcast part two. That's right. Are you ready? We're not on a boat, Hal. We're on a ship. All right. We have determined we established this. this before. Yeah. A boat is six people or less. Okay. A ship is more than six people. Obviously. Yeah. And a jet ski is like a yacht, but for one person. Exactly. There we go. So we're shipping. Yes. We're a podcast doing some shipping. That's right. Is uh, that a thing that happens in podcasts? People talk about shipping? Yeah. Right on. Great. Yeah, of course. Or at least about podcasts. <laughs> some of them. Some of the ones that we were involved in. Uh, but today we're here to talk. The Oscars have concluded as of this mm-hmm. recording, but yeah. only very recently. I did recently. not watch the end of the Oscars. Congratulations to La La Land. Yes, Victor. congratulations. We're so glad you won. Uh, uh, that laugh you heard is Ooh, our guest. Uh, you may know him as the host of Song Exploder, the co-host of West Wing Weekly with Joshua Molina. Please welcome Rishikesh Hirway. Hey guys, what's going on? Thanks for being here. I ship you guys pretty hard. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> your, your ship name to me is Lubliardi. <laughs> it's perfect. Hashtag so, Lubliardi. <laughs> if you're following along at home, please hashtag this uh, Lubliardi way. That's all three of us. It's a three-way ship. Uh, <laughs> what is that? OT3, right? One true three, because OTP is one true pair. Oh, that's right. OT3. <laughs> one true trio. Yeah, one true trio. You down with OTT? Yeah, you know me. Uh so we have 90 years of Best yeah. Picture winners to go through. 1927 was the first Best Picture winner mm-hmm. down through this year uh, when the actual winner was Moonlight. And we're going to discuss them in real time. This is a 90-year-long episode. It's <laughs> really going to take a while. Each movie, but unlike all these other podcasts yeah. where, we, where they just summarize like you guys do on Wesley Weekly where you break down the episode, we're just going to watch it. So you're just going to silently hear us once in a while a laugh. Or, <laughs> yeah. huh. We're all watching it with headphones, too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we're not going to let you in on the audio. And then there's a year-long gap until we watch the next movie, but we'll be recording the whole time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just be just be blank audio going. Is Shia LaBeouf producing this podcast? <laughs> um, so let's... Uh, we, we figured the way to break down Best Picture winners... Um, uh, our version that may not get the, uh, may not get the silver and bronze medals right, but is going to get the gold medal just right is we're going to pick, uh, by decade. We're going to pick a winner per decade, then we're going to pit them against one another. Yes. So the first decade, jumping right in, the yeah, first decade right that in. we have to deal with mm-hmm. is, uh, and, and full disclosure, I have not seen all of these movies. Me neither. How many of these have you seen? Of the, there are 89, I'm sorry, there are not 90, because 1928 was the first. Best picture um, winner. I've probably seen 30 of them, maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first time AFI put out their top 100 list of the greatest movies of all time? This was like 97. I remember this vividly. Yeah. I don't remember the moment. I remember many times when I've like Googled it. But <laughs> you don't, you don't remember was, where was, you were when yeah, that list was It was, was one of those like pre-go-to-the-internet-for-everything things and they actually printed it, I think, in like an Entertainment Weekly issue or something. So that became like a reference Bible right. for me of movies I should see. Yes. I used that as a checklist. I started – I think I'd only seen – Maybe 20 of the films on the list. And now I think I still have maybe 25 left to go because I would just rent them. I didn't date in college. So I just rented three movies. Like I just as quickly as I could consume them, I sort of burned through. Um, and some of them are on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's start with the easiest decade. The 1920s. The roaring 20s. There are only two best picture winners. One was Wings. 
which is the inaugural Best Picture winner, and then the Broadway Melody, which which Craig Kikowski said last night at dinner is the worst Best Picture winner. Wow! <laughs> and like for all of these that we haven't seen the the film, yes. I'm really I'm I'm really gonna base a lot of this on uh, what Craig said, well, on what Craig said, <laughs> and also the fact that we have Rotten Tomato scores. Oh, that's true. <laughs> we do right here. We, Kate McManus did exhaustive research, an insane amount of this. research on this. So we have producers, directors, writers, stars. Uh, brief summary of the plot and at the Rotten Tomato score. By the way, the Rotten Tomato score for Broadway Melody is 35%. Yeah. Get it out of there. Other yeah. films it's with gone. a 35% follow that bird. Yeah. So Wings is the winner. Yeah. Mark, if you will please uh, mark that down with your Wings pen. Wings is the winner of the 20s. Wait, uh, okay. This is gonna, I'm going to start start a whole other debate. Uh-oh. You're not including 1930 in that decade? I think I think you go by the number that's in front. So the 30s would be 1930 through 39. 39. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. We can't, I realize that I realize that chronologically, <laughs> a decade is <laughs> right. right. I feel you. You um, that Yale logic on us? Is that what's happening here? Did you go to Yale? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Smartman is going. I know to show the full say. story. I did not know that you that, that you brought a, a smart person. Yeah, <laughs> he's smart. He's well dressed. Yeah, and he's a successful Great podcaster. Composer. He's everything Great we want to be. That's like, why we had uh, one. Well dressed is a good one because then people who are listening can't disagree with you. There's, it's impossible. Just imagine, <laughs> just imagine. Um, I'm in my full scuba suit. <laughs> right. I'm gonna. Uh, I want to point out as we're doing this. I'd like to because Kate has found some amazing tidbits. Yeah. About these movies, so I will. I will uh, throw out a few of these as we go along. Um, I, I one is that the Broadway Melody, the, a film called The Broadway Melody, which is about women who go to work on Broadway doing musicals. A silent version was released. <laughs> that is fantastic to me. We do have a Best Picture winner. The worst Best Picture winner of all time was a musical that in many places was released silently. Yes, but it's notable because it was the first one with sound. Which right. was a completely silent film. Correct. But these, I, I think they gave the Academy Award because it was done in sound. It was the first musical, mm-hmm. I guess, released. Well, no, a jazz singer was a musical in 1927 that was released. But apparently was not as good. Even sound, the innovation <laughs> of sound help. was not enough to topple the mighty wings. Uh, but yeah, it, it so- sounds like it was a piece of crap because it was just a bunch of filmed uh, vaudeville acts. That's yeah. all. That's all it was. Which yeah, is- like the the pretty loose structure of two girls go to be Broadway stars. It's yes. just an excuse to show a bunch of Broadway. Uh, musical things we can all agree that no black and white movie is going to be the ultimate winner right because that's just lazy filmmaking there's so many colors they could have chosen yeah well they they only they just went with shades of gray so like oh 50 shades of gray did it win best picture oh but see again not color (laughs) so that movie is black and white i'm pretty sure right i think so yeah Yeah. if they didn't make 50 shades of gray a black and white movie they really missed an opportunity (laughs) certainly how everybody feels about it is pretty black and white (laughs) I will say there is one black and white film that's going to appear way later in the 90s. Paper Moon? Oh, 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 The Artist. Schindler's List. Oh, also Schindler's List. Oh, but The Artist as well. There have been latter day, although Schindler's List does have that red coat and fire in it. Right. Yeah. So I guess there is some color. And the end. And it's got the color as well. The cemetery at the very end. Did Paper Moon win Best Picture? I don't know if it did. That was in 1970. Here's another thing. No, that was uh, The Sting, I think, won that year instead of Paper Moon. Mm. So uh, that's another one. But um, the we got to jump into the 30s. Yeah, okay. this, I think the winner. I think the winner will be in the 70s. That's. I'm going to guess right now. I'm just. 70s that's my is going to be is brutal. 70s is a great, great time. Yeah. Again, I'm gonna, now. I'm going to do do another episode that we're not doing. Best Oscar losers. Like the 70s yes. is brutal. Uh, like you could have. There's so many best picture losers from the 70s that would have destroyed any yeah. other year. Are you a big Oscar, like uh, a big Oscar guy? Not not that you watch it for, but sort of like the, tracking the history of it and this is who won and this is who should have won. Or do you get into that, into uh, the awards season in general? Not so much. I mean, like I, I feel like I pay attention to it up um, as far back as like 1970. Before that, not at all. Um, but, you know, like I'm aware of like the conversation in Godfather Part 2 Two Coppola movies, both being nominated for Best Picture, right? Um, and Chinatown, I think, is also that year. Yes, that's one year. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so stuff like that, I I think of just in terms of little bits of trivia. But I don't know what the other two movies were that year. For right. example, uh, Craig Kikowski does. He has it memorized. Wow. He is an Oscar computer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have that kind of encyclopedic knowledge about really anything. That's okay, no. because on this show, it's 
pointless to have encyclopedic knowledge about things because it's so often so arbitrarily chosen. <laughs> right. That's right. So Wings wins in the 20s. Let's move on to the yeah. 30s, okay. shall we? Let's look at the 1930s. Uh, our winners are All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. So I'm just Cimarron. Cinnamon. Sit, sure. Uh, Grand Hotel, Cavalcade, It Happened One Night, Mutiny on the Bounty, The Great Ziegfeld, The Life of Emile Zola, You Can't Take It With You, and of course, Gone with the Wind. So this, I think we gotta we immediately drop everybody out except for It Happened One Night and Gone with the Wind. Um, yeah. Oh, All Quiet on the Western, all quiet on the Western Front, Front is pretty mm, brutal, that, brutal yeah. movie. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's, it's definitely in the, uh, canon of best, best pictures. But I would you say it's no Gone with the Wind? Um, I actually, I think my my pick would be in ha- it happened one night. I was gonna, I was gonna say it happened one night as well. I yeah. do love it happened one night. It just feels odd. It feels odd to eliminate to what not pick what Gone is recognized as one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah, but uh, we're supposed to go. Here's here, oh, let me ask you about parameters. Yeah, mm-hmm. are we picking based on what we enjoy the most versus what we think is the you know either the most significant or or best made in terms of craft or or the one that we have the most love for yes i guess would yes. be the answer yeah <laughs> it's always a mix i i feel like when we get to the end it that we have we're forced to make a, a distinction between what's our favorite and what is objectively mm-hmm. the best yeah because we're trying to take the subjective and make it objective yeah um so it's it's tough here here's the argument for it happened one night if you watch it and you've you've never seen it before and you're not really familiar with it, you look at it and go, "This is just a formula romantic comedy." What you're missing is that that's the film that set the formula. So every mm-hmm. romantic comedy since 1931 is, or uh, sorry, 34 is is basically a rehash of it happened one night. That set and uh, um, Clark Gable and uh, was it not Claudette Colbert? Claudette Colbert and Claudette Colbert it was. Didn't they both win Oscars? It won all. It won the uh, the Oscar Grand Slam: Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, and Best Screenplay. Yeah. It also. Uh, <laughs> this is another one of those little fun facts from Kate. Um, Clark Gable. It screwed up his comic timing to try and take off his shirt and his undershirt. Yeah. So he just got rid of the undershirt and uh, just took off his shirt. In a scene, just for the comic timing of it, but that led to a drop in sales nationally and a craze of men no longer wearing undershirts. Yeah. Wow. Um, now, that said... A drop in sales of undershirts. Yeah. Yes. That's how... I mean, it's hard to imagine the impact, because there's so many stars now, and they're all promoting... They're all brand conscious, but the idea that he was so famous that without even th- just... Making that choice affected men's fashion. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind. This yeah. was at a time when, like, the word content gets thrown around right now. There was what? One percent the amount of content there is now. Right. As far as, so everyone was watching the same movies, listening to the same radio shows, and, and having all, everyone was being influenced by Clark Gable. We have to decide which Clark Gable movie though. That's true. He's in both of them. Right. It's Damn gone it. with. It's gone with the wind, or it happened one night. I, I'm gonna. I'm going with it happened one night because I love that movie, and I don't have really any feelings about Gone with the Wind. Like gone I, with the Wind is my mother's favorite movie. Yeah, but she does not listen to the show. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. My dad doesn't listen either, and he's been on the damn thing three <laughs> times. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of comfortable. I, I don't because I don't think Gone with the Wind is going to win overall. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of okay taking it out at this stage, and I do love. I've not seen with Gone with the Wind. Full full disclosure, I've watched the first three hours. I've, yeah, I only watched the first three. <laughs> I, like, I got halfway through the overture that I had to stop. But I think it the for the first five minutes I got a little uncomfortable because it felt super racist. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's another. That's uh, Gone yeah. with the Wind does not hold up as a film. It holds up. As a uh, as a set of characters with their personal moralities, it does not hold up. Yeah, for me, it's the Titanic of the '30s. So I'm like, well, fine. Oh, uh, for that wow. reason alone, I'm sold. It happened <laughs> one night. All right, and survived the '30s. So it happened one night uh, as surviving the '30s. Now we're moving on to the 1940s. All right, the films are Rebecca. How green was my valley? Uh, how green the was first, your the, valley? The first pornography film <laughs> to win Best Picture. Behind the Green Valley. Uh, Mrs. Miniver, 
Casablanca, Going My Way, The Lost Weekend, The Best Years of Our Lives, Gentleman's Agreement, Hamlet, and All the King's Men. I think this one's pretty clear, right? Yeah. So should I just circle Casablanca? Yeah. 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 I do want to point out a couple of uh, Best Years of Our Lives, which came out in – it won in 1946, so we're just – Beyond World War II, and it deals with the post-traumatic stress of war. And they cast a guy who had never, uh, who was not an actor, but was a war vet who had lost his hands. So he actually lived his life with hooks, and that was his character. And his performance is, it's like haunting how good it is because you know he's not acting. He's like, you're seeing this trauma play out, and he won, I mm-hmm. think, best supporting actor for that, uh, which is, which is pretty notable. Yeah. Uh, and also, this is this is Alfred Hitchcock's lone Best Picture uh, win. Rebecca, yeah, yeah, that's the only Which one he's won. My other favorite on this in this decade. Yeah. Also, my mom's favorite movie, Rebecca. Yes. Ah. So you, your mom can listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, so that she can hear. Um, well, no, so, because we just we just knocked that one out too. No, there yeah. you go. So. And, and also, Laurence Olivier produced, directed, and starred in the Hamlet that won Best Picture. <laughs> he really can. He really can do it all. Uh, I think he wrote this and he was screenplay. The star and he wrote, no, he, oh, and he was in Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. this is Lawrence Olivier's decade, isn't yeah. it? Oh, the Wuthering Heights. That was that had been that was just uh, or is that yet to come? That I think that was in the 30s. So he was all over like Wuthering best Heights. picture nominated. Yeah, didn't films. win. Yeah, Wuthering, yeah, Wuthering Heights was the same year. Was that great year, 1939? Yes, that uh, where all of the world's great movies came out: Wizard of Oz, Gone with the Wind, yeah, Wuthering Heights, Gunga Din. Uh, that stretch of time that was Lawrence Olivier time, yeah. for sure. But come on, guys, it's Casablanca coming yeah. out yep. of the 40s. Yep. Icon, the, one of the most iconic movies of all time. Yeah. Um. All right, so let's move on to the 1950s. All right. In the 1950s, we have All About Eve, An American in Paris, The Greatest Show on Earth, From Here to Eternity, On the Waterfront, Marty, Around the World in 80 Days, Bridge on the River Kwai, Gigi, and Ben Hur. This is a, this is the first super, well, super strong decade where I've seen a lot of the mm-hmm. movies that won Best Picture. I, I mean, I have my favorite out of these. What is it? It's Bridge on the River Kwai. Mm-hmm. I think it's an incredible film. Like start, start to finish. You're, you're pulled in the entire time. It's gut wrenching. It's smart. It's got great character work all around. Like the, the Japanese aren't, um, stereotypical villains in it. Mm-hmm. It's another, it's again, again, we're just past wartime. We're into, uh, right around the Korean War. Yeah, this was so 1957. We're, we're, these films about the horrors of war, uh, they they just ring really true. And Obi-Wan Kenobi was in it. And Obi-Wan Kenobi was in it. <laughs> blowing up a bridge. <laughs> that's the, that's that he the built. thing about, I have, I have not seen Bridge on the River quite. Okay. Um, sorry, I it, just spoiled it for you. I was gonna say it, but it, it was spoiled long ago because the most famous iconic image from Bridge on the River Kwai is a shot of a bridge exploding. Yes. Is that, is that, has that movie now been spoiled for me because I've seen that iconic moment? It has. It's not really about the bridge being destroyed. It's about why and how it's built. Uh, it's about the people. It is about the people. <laughs> why are you so resistant to character development, Mark? Character development. Um, but that's, that's a strong contender for me. But also, I mean, on the waterfront. I, Elliot Kazan, you, uh, Kazan and Brando, that combo is generally pretty pitch perfect. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's any chance that, uh, some movies, there's just like how I was saying, um, uh, Gone with the Wind is kind of like the Titanic of its era. There's an, there's another kind of mode of best picture winner that I think, um, it happened one night falls into that also Marty falls into. Okay. Like smaller, smaller Mm -hmm. movies. Just an interesting story about a person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that any one of a movie like that is going to make it, is going to win. I don't even know if it'll, if they'll make it into the, uh, into the top bracket. Well, yeah. I guess it happened one night. We just put it in the bracket. But right. in any case, those those movies um, are really. I think that it's really nice when a movie like that wins Best Picture. Um, like Marty is not uh, what you'd expect. It's not a road movie the way Gone with the Wind is. It's about as opposite of that kind of film as uh, it could be. But we wanted to give a special shout out to yeah. Andy Chayefsky. Yes, for uh, sure. And also, uh, the, f- a little factoid about Marty. Um, they, they screened the movie in Moscow in 1959 during a cultural exchange program 
which was the made it the first U.S. feature film to be seen in the USSR after World War II. Oh, wow. And it, and it won Ernest Borgnine an Oscar. Didn't oh, it? yeah. He won Best Actor for that. Uh, as many people noticed uh, during this year's Oscar telecast when they showed a clip of Ernest Borgnine winning the Oscar. And I went, hey, Borgnine. <laughs> like, that's a drinking game. Is he your you buddy? Have, you have to go, hey, Borg. No. I just like saying his name like he is my buddy. Yeah, of course. Like, hey, Borgie. Uh, ben Hur is also pretty like that. Ben Hur like was the... going to be mine coming out of this decade, just because I love Swords and Sandals. Yeah, Swords and Sandals are fun movies. It, it is real long. I mean, a lot of these it films are very, very C- certainly long. the pace of filmmaking, even in the last ten years or fifteen years, has become breakneck, and it makes those films a little bit more plodding to watch. Mm-hmm. And Ben Hur is definitely I like that. That's when you watch. Like post, you watch it as a family on Sunday evening. Yeah, like that is the time to watch Ben Hur. It's not it's a, like <laughs> you know, it's it's seven o'clock on a Wednesday. We want to watch a movie and just unwind. Yeah, just let's just relax after a long day. You know what? Let's watch Ben Hur. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and All About Eve is great too. Mm-hmm. Classic sort of Hollywood tale. So so of all of these, and they're all really great. That was the most lip service, uh, like basic amount of time spent on a movie which was like here's a lot of details about this one and a lot of details about this one <laughs> also they made all about eve so i'm thinking coming out of this decade <laughs> well no it's beautiful it's got great costumes the performances sure. are fantastic um and i remember watching it i watched it when i was in a voiceover class and i had to, to voice match george sanders Mm-hmm. So I watched that. I was voice matching him in the Jungle Book, but I watched him in because the the character he played that sort of. Oh, I'm George Sanders. Like he does that in all about Eve too. Is he Colonel uh, Hashi? Shere Khan. Shere Khan. Oh yeah. yes. Um, it's just a great performance, and it is a it is a really enjoyable film. But it's not. I don't think it's anywhere near. Whatever film is coming out of this decade is not going to be that one. No. So I would I would pick Bridge on the River Kwai. You like Ben Hur. Mm-hmm. What, I would what have do you think? On the waterfront. Oh wow! I mean, we don't. Have, we're not picking best movie of the fifties because chances are the seventies are going to win this thing anyway. We're not. So you want to take all three of those? Let's take all three. Let's take all. It's fine. What we've already go with Bridge on the Water. Wait, you're going to? I would. I would say Bridge on the River. Quai. I can switch to Bridge on the River. Quai. Bridge, Bridge on the River. Cry is great. Again, so we want to take. Let's take that one again. Our, sure. our, our silver medalists aren't always <laughs> so correct. Bad. I think of all of those, uh, um, options. Like I think just Brando in On the Waterfront is my favorite performance of all of those movies. It's really great. Um and then and also uh um Betty Davis in uh All About Eve. Yes. Um but but I think Bridge on the River Kwai is just like the ambition and the scale of it is I think that that wins. Yeah. Yeah. I'm convinced. All right, so the sixties. Let's move on to the nineteen sixties. We have The Apartment, West Side Story, Lawrence of Arabia, Tom Jones. My Fair Lady, The Sound of Music, A Man for All Seasons, In the Heat of the Night, Oliver, Midnight Cowboy. Man. I can't believe. Oliver's sandwich between In the Heat of the Night and Midnight Cowboy is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that one, that's, that's the one that pisses me off the most. Cause that, Oliver? Yeah, because The Lion in Winter was nominated that oh, year yeah. and yeah. lost to Oliver, and that is garbage. Wow. Yeah, Oliver is fine. It's great to watch as a as a kid. Yeah, I guess it does not feel. But that was like this was like the decade of the musical. Mm-hmm. We got we got My Fair Lady, um, West Side Story, Sound, yeah, of, Sound music, of Music, mm-hmm. um, and Mary Poppins was nominated and lost to My Fair Lady. I think it was the same year, if I'm remembering properly. Uh, I or the year I after. Don't know but the, she, I know Julie Andrews. This won is the Julie Oscar. Andrews' decade. Mm-hmm. Yes, this because is, she oh, sang yeah. she sang in My Fair Lady too. Yeah. So she's all over the place. This yeah. is her. This is the the uh, the decade of uh, of Mary Poppins herself. But, but we can't pick Mary. We Poppins. can't pick Mary Poppins. I love the apartment. Boy, it's Billy so Wilder, good, I mean, it's and it's rare like... for a comedy to win. I know we already have it happen one night, which is a comedy, mm-hmm. but it's rare for a comedy to win. And that one is really great. Um, and I love Midnight Cowboy too. It's sort of. Uh, it sort of marked a transition. It was, it's the perfect film to transition from the sixties into the seventies yes. in terms of filmmaking and getting grittier. It, yeah. It feels like in the heat of the night and then midnight cowboy would have been a smooth transition into the seventies, <laughs> yeah. except that Oliver was jammed in there. <laughs> well, we had to go back to, yeah. they're like, Oh, we're going to do one more of these real quick. Yeah. Did you guys ever read the book? Um, 
Pictures no. of a Revolution. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Remember that? Um, it's a book by Mark Harris about the 1967 Best Picture nominees. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And it's about the transition. Um, I think it, it, the subtitle is something like Hollywood at a Crossroads or something like that between the difference between filmmaking pre 1970s and then the filmmaking that was about to come because those five, five best picture nominees were in the heat of the night. And then another, uh, uh, sitting Poitier guest was coming to dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then Bonnie and Clyde, uh, Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and what was the fifth one? Um, was it another fluff one Titanic. or another important one? It was Titanic. <laughs> it was so both. Yeah. Ah, uh, wow. We're gonna take a break. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see, uh, we're and we're we'll gonna. can think of it. Rishi's gonna think of it while we tell you about some of the great podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network. I'm Biz and I'm Teresa, and we host the weekly comedy podcast One Bad Mother. We celebrate our moments of parenting genius as well as our failures. Just like we're yeah. gonna have hot dogs, and I'm yeah. like, oh, no, we're having fun. Everybody loves hot dogs. Yeah, and he just like smashes that thing right on my chest, and then I'm just uh, crying in the middle of like kids' space yeah. while people are like literally dancing with their children. Parenting can be sad and painfully funny at the same time. So join us each week as we admit that this is hard, but we're getting really good at it. Find us at maximumfun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. And we're back. Rishi, did you think of it? Yeah. No, I, okay. I couldn't think of Damn it. Damn it. Moving on. Um, but the book is, <laughs> yeah, but the book is really good and it's really interesting how, uh, it's a really interesting look at how, um, Hollywood was changing, like trying to move from one style to the other. Sidney Poitier himself just being in those two movies. Yeah. You know, the kind of like sort of simple moralistic, uh, guess who's coming to dinner. Look who's coming to dinner. Jeez. Guess who's coming, guess who's coming, coming to dinner. dinner. Um, look who's talking. Look who's talking. Yeah. Exactly. No, and guess who's coming to dinner. You know, like being kind of uh, having been in like the sort of like uh, perfect Negro or magic Negro kind of role up mm-hmm. until then. And then yes. and then uh, in the heat of the night, suddenly the switch where he like actually gets to slap a white cop. Yes. You know, that that is such a huge shift just in the career of one actor. Anyway, 1967 is a big year. So based on that, I know there's a lot of great movies coming out of the 60s. Yes. But a criteria that we frequently use on this show in our determinations to try and make them objective that I love is cultural influence. Yes. Mm. Uh, so by that, uh, I don't know if there's any movie on – like The Apartment is great. West Side Story is one of my favorites. The Sound of Music – yeah. Forget it. A Once Man for All Arabia. Seasons was so good that The Lion in Winter didn't win two years later. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, but I feel like looking at the 60s and like in the history of cinema, does In the Heat of the Night's importance uh, move it to the front? Or is there any movie in here that is just so iconically perfect that it beats that influence? Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia. And its cinematography yeah, it's and everything. I think it's hard to... It's we'll, hard. We'll have more cultural stuff, I think, later on. Yeah, in the 70s. I think it's got to be... It's hard to... This isn't like Gone with... We have to take Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. What are we, Otherwise, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> All right, the 70s. This is the decade the winner will come from. All right, here we most go. Most likely. And, uh, and the... The nominees are... The fifth and sixth words that I say, pay close attention. Yeah. Because... They're going to get far. Patton, The French Connection, The Godfather, <laughs> The Sting, The Godfather Part 2, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Rocky, Annie Hall, The Deer Hunter, Kramer versus Kramer. What a decade for movies. And the only decade in which I've seen every single Best Picture winner. There you go. Oh, yeah. Um, look, the, the as much as my mother loved Gone with the Wind, uh, my father loves The Godfather 10 times as much so as a child the godfather was the movie that that was our sunday night movie that it's it was on at all times in my house it was we would sit and watch it specifically if it was on television it would just be on sometimes we would just turn it on and just have the godfather trilogy going in the background yeah um 
Is so, it controversial to pick Godfather Part 2 over Godfather? No, Godfather I Part 2 is... I think it's the better movie, but I you think, have to have seen Godfather 1. Right. Yeah. It's a weird one because you have the asterisk because you need the complete story, but I mm-hmm. think of the two chapters, Part 2... I think Part 2 is uh, better for me because of the uh, Brando death scene. Yeah. It's a great death yeah. scene. Like, like you, um, they're both so great, but that's just the, that's just edges it out a little yeah. bit. And all the De Niro stuff. Have exactly. you guys ever seen the Godfather oh, saga? Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, it's on HBO. It's the, it's nine hours long. They will, uh, it's when they run, uh, one and two together, but recut it chronologically. Oh wow. Yeah. So you, the movie begins with De Niro, uh, De Niro in Italy coming to the United States <laughs> and, uh, you know, the rug scene and the, the shooting. Wedding my beak. Yeah. yeah. It's essentially the Godfather sandwich uh, with the Godfather 2 as the bread on the yeah, other side. Right. Uh, um so but let's look at some of the other movies uh in this French Connection patent. French Connection is just Gene Hackman being awesome. Yes. Like I think of Gene Hackman in movies later as like either statesmanly or grizzled. Yes. But in this he was just a tough awesome action man let me, let me ask you guys something was this performance a precursor to how great he was in the movie loose cannons with dan uh, dan Aykroyd? <laughs> uh yeah i think that that's what got him cast <laughs> yes that's a good that's a really good resume builder <laughs> there, that that role for gene hackman and realizing that context and like that version of him as an actor remember it, it was sort of happening around the same time that i started to li- like realize Started started to hear funk songs that I knew only as samples and hip hop songs from the movies. Yes. <laughs> you know where you're like, oh yeah, this is a whole song that's great on its own. That and uh, same thing, you know, and like, um, uh, same thing happened with with Gene Hackman, where I was like, oh yeah, he's got this really really badass dude, yeah. yeah, and Michael Caine too, yeah. Where like I never would have imagined him. As having had like an action career, yeah, and then sort of a young playboy action guy, right. yeah, that's true. It is. This is a good. Ch- this is a good chance to see actors that you know as older guys now, sort of in their prime, mm-hmm. uh, and as younger, like had come out of theater, doing theater together. Like Gene Hackman's probably got a ton of stories. Like Steve McQueen and I were drunk at four a.m. <laughs> on Broadway. Uh, yeah, this is like an act. This is really an actor's decade, an actor's yes. decade, and the the. Is it sort of the rise of the filmmaker as a, you had Spielberg oh, getting nominated so, here? Yeah. Definitely. Coppola, Lucas got nominated mm-hmm. for the first time here. It's mm-hmm. odd to mention him with the other two. Uh, Annie Hall is Woody in there Allen. too. Woody yeah. Allen. Yeah. yeah. Annie I, Hall might be the funniest best picture winner of yeah, all time. It might be. Have There's only a few comedies. Kramer versus Kramer? Because that's yeah. hilarious. Oh, that is hilarious. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the way that family gets torn apart, man. <laughs> I have an affinity for Kramer versus Kramer because I was born in 1979, mm-hmm. and all growing up, I would I loved those like in the year you were born, this happened, like those time capsule things from the year you were born. So I've seen best picture was Kramer versus Kramer a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. that yes. that was also another one where like going back and, and watching it later, I was surprised because as a kid. I think I had thought of old movies, you know, quote unquote old movies as, as being a little bit, um, uh, vaudevillian or something or kind of like, um, two dimensional and, and, and so, and not capable of like three dimensional depth that I associated with like modern movies. Yeah. Yes. It, it was in both actual and emotional color. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and so then watching Kramer versus Kramer, I was like, but this feels so much like real life, you know, and, yeah. and uh, whatever, however old I was being shocked that they, that mo- like, that was one, I think my first revelation that like older movies actually still held up and, oh, and yeah. felt so real. And, and human was, moments are human moments. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, uh, another interesting thing about Kramer versus Kramer, the kid, Justin Henry, who played their child, yeah. was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Also nominated, I think he was eight, something like that. Also nominated for Best Supporting Actor was 79 year old Melvin Douglas, I think for mm-hmm. being there. And he was so insulted because everybody thought the kid was going to win that he stayed home and, and, uh, he won the, he won the Oscar yeah. and then watched, watched the Oscar, his name being announced from his living room at home. Huh. That, wow. is, that is a story I read. I hope Uncle John's bathroom reader isn't lying to me, but that's <laughs> that's one of the ones that stuck. Yeah. The, uh, so yeah, he 
He had no uh, FOMO. Yes. Not a FOMO guy. I have to give a shout out to Rocky because it is uh, Philadelphia. It takes place in my hometown. I had a feeling. Uh, even though the jo- the run that he makes, that iconic run, he does not move in any kind of weird straight line, which my father, who has been a realtor in, in Philadelphia <laughs> so for- he knows all the neighborhoods. Yeah, for 40 plus years. is like, well, he starts in Kensington and winds up in West Philly and then- runs down the avenue like <laughs> it's just a bizarre path but it's also a really great movie rocky Let's not is forget one of my all-time favorites as well guys his whole life was a million to one shot oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and only 10 years later he had a robot oh, <laughs> remember the robot in rocky four oh my god that's right <laughs> just like a rolling uh version of of uh those giant like uh, Pepsi distributors, which, where it looks like a giant trash can with a dome on it, that was his robot. <laughs> was that was that right around the time when uh, in their giant mansion, Talia Shire yells, "You can't win!" and then he gets in a car and <laughs> drives around while war plays. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. All right. <laughs> so, um, The Sting also is a great movie. A great like. W- that's what's what's fun about like heist movies mm-hmm. and like. Not revenge movies, but you know what I mean? Like that sort of, we are setting up a thing that we're going to do and we're going to execute that thing. Like there, those are, there's such a satisfaction in a movie like that. I feel the same way about stuff like, like, uh, 10 little Indians, the Agatha mm -hmm. Christie, you know what I mean? Where it's like, here is what is going to happen and here's the pattern and here is the expectations. I guess that's what it is. It's about expectations being set up. And yes. then, uh, and then executed well. I watched that with, uh, my wife. And when we got to the end, she had been conned by them as well. She's like, <laughs> wait, hold on. What just happened? That's the beauty of it. And it's so great. And yeah. then you got, you got to rewind. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or push back the back button. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's either going to be Godfather or Godfather 2, right? Right. Uh, so that's, what's the, what's the, I was going to say it's going to be either Godfather or Annie Hall, but that's just because I love Annie Hall so much, but it's not going to win best, best picture. Yeah. And I also, feel like he's a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it. No, that's, I know fair. he's not going to put me in any of his movies. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> you kind of creep me out, Woody. Yeah. I'm not okay. I'm not right. okay with it. So, uh, oh, stay tuned for our next episode. Alan or Polanski. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um it's terrible. That's going to be in one of our slate. Uh, <laughs> one of their slate episodes. Um, I want to give a shout out in the 1970s yeah. to John Cazale. Okay. I just want to give an actor shout yeah. out to maybe the greatest American actor of all time. All right. Uh, who every one of his, what was it? Every one of his movies, he was in five movies. They were all nominated for Best Picture, and three or four of them won. Right. Dog Day Afternoon is not yes. not a winner. Again, yeah. could have won Amazing so many movie. years. And was The Conversation nominated as well? Conversation yes. was nominated against mm-hmm. Godfather Part Two. Ah, yes. So he beat himself. He beat himself. Yeah, he's a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too bad he's he went out on that rowboat those many years ago. <laughs> I know. The lake. Crazy that, that Al Pacino is still allowed to make movies after having John Cazale killed in a rowboat. <laughs> it's terrible. I don't, I'm not for it. Uh, so, all right, are we taking Godfather like or Godfather Part Two? The Godfather, Part yeah. One, Part yeah, One, because it's sense. not contingent on another. Right, that's right. true. It is great. The Godfather Part yes. Two is great, but you need you that need foundation. Aspects. Okay, sure. Yes. So into the 80s. All right. Into the 1980s. The best picture winners of the 1980s are Ordinary People, Chariots of Fire, Gandhi, Terms of Endearment, <laughs> Amadeus. Out of Africa, not correct. Platoon, The Last Emperor, Rain Man, Driving Miss Daisy. Not Rain Man, Driving Miss Daisy. Two different movies. This is this uh, does not blow me away. This it's decade, not a great. I mean, it's they're all wonderful, wonderful movies. Yeah. If I had to pick from this, just looking at it, I'd probably say Platoon. Even though it's that's a rough film to get through, just because it's real heavy. It's mm-hmm. not bad. And it, it would also be interesting if something with Charlie Sheen in it. <laughs> It's <laughs> best picture. I mean, what what do you think, Rishi? My favorite is Ordinary People out of these. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it, I think it falls into a, the category of a smaller movie. There yeah. no like there isn't epic um, shots of you know we don't have like aerial shots and like millions of extras and it, it doesn't have that kind of grand scale of uh, so many of the other films. Even you know Godfather has all this action and the sets and everything you know even though it's not that's not a 
Gone with the Wind level epic. It's still a huge, huge, expensive production. Yeah, uh, Ordinary People is a, is a small movie, but it's my favorite of all of these. Ordinary People and Terms of Endearment. Those are my two favorites. Okay, I mean Amadeus is also great. I'm okay going with a smaller movie. Uh, Driving mm-hmm. Miss Daisy. I want to point out just because the first date I ever went on was to see uh, Driving Miss Daisy. Awesome. Just real. That's weird. a real sexy one. <laughs> it was either that. I or... loved Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, it's really good, and it's a great relationship movie. Like just real quiet. That uh, yeah, it's like our favorites. And these are again. This seems to be coming down to none of these are uh, the icons that right. some of the other ones are. Driving Miss Daisy was so confusing to me because I was like, Dan Aykroyd's not funny at all in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I miss. Come the on, Elwood, Dan- sing yeah. us a yeah. song, play a harmonica. Where's the Dan Aykroyd I know from Loose Cannons? Right. Oh, <laughs> I Loose Cannons. Him. He hasn't done one. Get Gene Hackman on the yet. phone. Yeah. <laughs> we have to find that Hitler porn. <laughs> that was the whole thing of Loose right. Cannons. Right. If you haven't seen it, so somebody a Hitler porn. A, a pornographer. Uh, played by Dom DeLuise, had some like video of the assassination of Hitler that he'd hidden in a porno film. It's very bizarre. <laughs> I don't expect any of you to see it. Um, I'm comfortable taking ordinary people, if only because of Mary Tyler Moore, who oh, we recently who lost. Wonderful, and it turns in a fantastic. For- Did she win an Oscar for that? I do not know because we do not have the internet on this boat. Maybe. <laughs> we'll find out later. Somebody will yell at us. It's not going to win, but I, I'm comfortable taking ordinary people. I loved that movie. Um, Mark, are you cool with that? I'm I'm very happy about that. Here's a, a Mary Tyler Moore tidbit that's very sad about this movie. Oh, great. Yeah, this is perfect for our podcast. Yeah. During production, uh, she lost her sister and her son oh, and still managed to make the movie. Jeez. Wow. That is a rough... And rough set of circumstances. They're dealing with the loss of their son in that film. Mm-hmm. And Timothy Hutton plays the younger brother, and he won an Oscar for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so good, kudos to her for working through that. So this, in honor of Mary Tyler Moore, yes, Ordinary People is moving on yes. to the finals. I do love Rain Man. I just want to say I love Rain, Rain Man. Rain Man's great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, Although definitely it, great, definitely great. That went on too long. That bit of like before we had memes, it was just people going definitely, definitely. I like, oh, I do a great impression of Rain Man. You don't. No, you know, you know, you just say definitely. You don't, definitely don't. Definitely yeah. don't. In the in the 1980s, it was no, I don't want to hear your Rain Man. Yeah. In the 20 in the 2000s, it's no, I don't want to hear your walking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we get it. He liked underwear from Kmart, and he drove very slow on Sundays in the driveway. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, the 90s. All right. The movies from the 90s, Dances with Wolves, The Silence of the Lambs, Unforgiven, Schindler's List, Forrest Gump, Braveheart, The English Patient, <laughs> Titanic, the whole thing, Shakespeare in Love, and American Beauty. There's some great ones. There's I think 97, uh, and you'll agree with, you agree with me here, uh, Rishi, because we've already talked about it a little bit, is the greatest, I think it's the greatest Oscar travesty of all time is Titanic winning Best Picture. Really? It is a middling uh, it is a middling romance story, romantic drama that takes place on a sh- on a boat mm-hmm. full or a ship. A ship more than six Sorry, people. I tried to think of the right <laughs> one and I got it wrong. On a ship full of fascinating stories. If you want a great Titanic movie, watch A Night to Remember. I think mm-hmm. that's the defining Titanic but, film. And this is the thing about Titanic, though. You can't look at it just as I feel like it did. It won Best Picture, and that was a victory for uh, the great film technicians. Uh-huh. Titanic was Titanic was the movie that it was because of the insane amount of great work done by really really talented special effects people and sure. stunt people and computer uh graphic generators and art designers. That's where the joy in that movie comes for me. That said, the story is uh fake fluff like you said on a on a boat full of amazing real stories. Yes. Th- this one for me feels like uh there's the, what I call the American Music Awards Oscar. You know, the American Music Awards, which is different from the Grammy, where they give awards to the record that sells the most copies. Yes. <laughs> is that really what the that's award what is? It's based on who sold the most. Oh, that's ridiculous. Copies, which is why we talk so about That's the why Sweat into the Oldies won every year. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it feels like that, where it's like, uh, or, or, or like the Yankees awards, like who spent the most money yeah. to yes. get the biggest result? Um, and you're like, sure. Okay. Yeah. They, yeah. this is a huge movie, huge box office smash. Yeah. But, um, but I don't think that it's a good movie, let alone a great movie. I know it's a cliche to, to talk crap about Titanic, but it's still, uh, mm. yeah, doesn't make it less true. 
Let me ask you this. Who who do you think should have won Best Picture that year? Do you have the uh, other I, nominees? I can tell you. It okay. was uh, Good Will Hunting. It was As Good As It Gets. Um, the Full Monty and L.A. Confidential. L.A. Confidential. That's L.A. Correct. Confidential. Absolutely yeah. correct. That was a fantastic movie. It's so well made and it holds up and it's but also, do written we have- well, performed well, directed beautifully, shot beautifully. Yeah. It's got a great score. Do we have the same La La Land problem, though, in that you live in Los Angeles as well? I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that all three of us have spent a heck of a lot of time in L.A. and we're like, oh, I know that. Oh, the Formosa Cafe. Oh, and the, there's so yeah. much like just. But when I saw it. it, when I saw it, I loved it immediately and I did not yet live in L.A. Okay. Yeah, I didn't either. I yeah. saw it in college. I, I didn't either. Yeah. So it, you certainly could appreciate it So the best it a picture more. of all time is Swingers. LA Confidential. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think out of the 90s, you have to take Schindler's you List. You have to. It's uh, it is an important piece of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. It's it's rare that a that a film is so transcendent that it's used as a teaching aid. I remember when the film first came mm-hmm. out, they were screening it as like part of a rehabilitation for people who had been uh, for kids who had gotten in trouble for being racist or dealing with anti-Semitic problems in the Midwest. Huh. They my school and I went to a hippie liberal school, so we also walked. To the local theater to see Dances with the Wolves, but we did that with Schindler's List. It yeah, was we had a field trip for it. We had a field trip for Schindler's List. As well. Yeah, that's a tough one to beat, and it's yeah. really. I didn't cry watching it until I watched it last year, and I saw it a bunch of times because yeah. it's part of my heritage. I, when I visited Israel, they were getting ready to film it, and I visited the Holocaust Museum there, which is called Yad Vashem. They were like, "Here's the tree for Oscar Schindler, who you probably haven't heard about, but Steven Spielberg is making a movie about him." And then there, they had some survey. It was like if Steven Spielberg made a, a three-hour black and or would you walk would you watch a three-hour black and white movie about the Holocaust? And most people said no. And they said if it was directed by Steven Spielberg, would you watch it? And then uh, then it moved to the yes column. And huh. it's I mean it's his masterpiece mm-hmm. in a great career. A mas- yeah, a masterpiece, the masterpiece of Steven Spielberg, like the yes. guy that made a lot of pretty good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, there's just no. Yeah. It was either that. Sorry, or folks that wanted to listen to our comedy podcast. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Holocaust for a minute. The Holocaust and the terrible things that have happened to Mary Tyler Moore and yeah. her family. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Moving on to the 2000s. We have Gladiator, A Beautiful Mind, Chicago, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Million Dollar Baby, Crash, The Departed, No Country for Old Men, Slumdog Millionaire, The Hurt Locker, and that is it. Well, I feel like. In the 2000s, and this is going to sound like a crazy one, uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King was really for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Can we all agree that that movie won Best Picture because the trilogy deserved a Best Picture win? But I do think it is the best one of the three. You think? I, I mean, sure. Of the three films, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Right. All of which were nominated for Best Picture. I feel like that right? one won because yes, yes. Uh, I feel I I feel like that one won because they're like, well, we have to. This is our last chance to let Lord of the Rings win. It's almost like they knew the Hobbit movies would be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, it's a masterpiece. That is that for me is the one that looking at this list comes out. I mean, The Departed is. The Departed is one of those great, just gritty crime movies. I like. It. Is it was that Jack Nicholson's last movie? Uh no, because he did. Because uh, he's sort of retired now. He's kind of retired, but didn't he do another one after did that? Did he do Bucket List after that? Oh man, <laughs> did he? Jack, so he did, did Secondhand Lions too. <laughs> too many lions. Too many lions. Uh, I do. I'd say my favorite movie here. My favorite movie is probably Chicago, and the one I would take personally would be The Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. What? Was- Chicago goes on my list of be- worst best picture winners. Really? Oh, Why? I love Chicago. I'm a musical theater fan, though, so. And I'm not, but I, that one just brought me in. I was like, oh, they figured out how to, uh, was it uh, Rob, um, Rob Marshall? Marshall? Like, he mm-hmm. figured out how to make a movie musical that I could watch. Oh, God, I hate that movie so much. Why? <laughs> Tell me. It's just, well, I hate the music in it. Uh, like, well, then I, that's, I hate the songs. Look, if you hate the music in <laughs> a musical, I, you're not going to like the movie. <laughs> but yeah. I also think, I just thought I thought it was too much of a character. Like I didn't find, um, I have trouble with musicals anyway. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But for but not as a rule, right. just in general. You mean you don't like them, or like you you have like they give you trouble. Like they they 
come rolling up on your house at night. <laughs> <laughs> the kids from Oliver are like, right, exactly. <laughs> what are you saying wrong about our movie? <laughs> I got your watch. I, um, I, yeah, there are musicals that I, I like and even musicals that I love. Mm. Um, but in general, a lot of times I feel like, and Chicago is like the, the paradigm of it is like the music keeps it from, I never, I can never get into, into the movie because the whole thing has like a, has like a weird glossy sheen that, that's impenetrable. Um, um, and that never feels like, I never get any kind of connection to it. Um, and so with that one, I'd always, it just felt too, um, slick and not, uh, I, I never connected with it ever. And I think the huh. casting was, was weird. I thought Renee Zellweger was really bad in it. Oh, wow. I liked Renee Zellweger in it. I, I thought that when I was watching Richard Gere in it, I did spend a lot of time thinking, man, Hugh Jackman would have been great in this. Mm. Like, you know, other thinking of the other actors that should have done it. Yeah. But I really liked it. I use, I mean, if, if a musical, the glossy sheen of a musical prevents you from connecting to it emotionally, I use the music as, uh, and the songs as the training wheels for connecting to it emotionally. Uh, I'm like, this is how I'm supposed to feel right now based on what the music is doing. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I'll let myself feel that way. But see, I thought that, yeah, I thought, I, uh, coming in here today, I thought that Titanic in Chicago, you know, we would be all be in. <laughs> you were looking for buddies. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. We're both fans. Um, <laughs> I, here, here's my pitch for the Hurt Locker. Okay. Not only is it a, a fantastic movie with great performances in it, um, but it was directed by Catherine Bigelow, who was the first woman to win Best Director. Ah. So it is, is a landmark film in that, uh, a fi- like you don't watch it, and it, it's sort of like you could watch it and, and not think about whether the director was a man or a woman, mm-hmm. which seems like an odd thing to think about anyway. Right. But. It's not like this is clearly a Nora Ephron film. Like right. she's directed a great film, and I think she will prove to be a a barrier breaker for years to come. So that would be my pitch for that movie. I mean, I didn't I I didn't like Million Dollar Baby. Um, it's just heavy, and I do not like No Country for Old Men. At I liked all. No Country for Old Men. A lot. I like half of it. It felt like half of one movie and half of another movie. And you I like the, the first Javier half. Bardem half. Yeah. Yes, the, uh, that was the fun half, not the Brolin half. Yes, and the at the end, the end of that movie. Or sorry, I mean, you like the Brolin half, not the part where it's like, and now he's he's dead. And yes, we're just like gonna do an extra thirty minutes without him. Yes, it was, felt like I got tricked yeah. into watching the movie, <laughs> and then the end with the the Tommy Lee Jones speech. Right, I was done. Do you know? Have you heard why they had uh, Tommy Lee Jones make that speech? As they or why that at me? Why the movie ended where it did? Why? Was because for, uh, this was an interview I saw, read or saw years ago and uh, I thought it was kind of cool that they wanted the movie to be from Tommy Lee Jones's character's point of view. So the moment he decides he is no longer part of this investigation, <laughs> the movie's over. Wow. Well, which that, I was like, oh, you know what? That is... That's kind of a cool, weird, hey, audience, you don't see this in a movie a lot kind of moment. Yeah. Um, I like that about the Hurt Locker, uh, that, and all the, the, that Catherine Bigelow was the first female to win. Yeah. Uh, also that it was very much a movie of its time. I feel like Slumdog Millionaire is the same thing. Like, right. Like a movie wins best picture that is the central feature of that movie is a TV show that was popular at the time. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, like a par- it's just like a fun sort of fairy tale, modern fairy tale about a popular television show. Doesn't it kind of feel like the 2000s, uh, the, the winners are like, um, it's kind of like, let's pick all the fun movies. Like, all, all, like uh, there's a, it skews heavily towards m- movies that I think are, you know, that are, uh, crowd pleasers. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. Like appeal, like, like the Lord, like, Return of the King and The Departed. Yeah. Um, there's something about these that I feel like in other years, maybe that these, these movies wouldn't have won. Even Slumdog mm-hmm. a little and bit. And Slumdog Millionaire yeah. a little bit too, where it's like, there's, I mean, Slumdog Millionaire en- ends with a dance sequence. Yes. Yeah, right. It goes full Bollywood nowhere. at the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, maybe it's in the seventies they were nominating films and in the two thousands they were nominating movies. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that might have been a, uh, um, reaction to dropping, uh, 
ratings for the for the actual oh, award yeah. shows. Right. And then they were like, let's nominate a million movies each year, which I think is the dumbest thing. Right. They the didn't nine, solve the, the problem. The, the nine or ten movies is stupid. Yeah. The pro- they, they, nominate five. Yeah. The, the reason for the expansion, as I understand it, is there were so many smaller films that were nominated that people hadn't seen. They expanded it just to add movies that had no chance of winning. Just so that so they so could that people say, had a horse in the race. Right. And also so that when just that dumb. movie came out on uh, DVD or whatever, the box could say Best Picture nominee. Yeah. That was not a problem long ago. Now there are just so many filmmakers and so many mm-hmm. films being made that the volume makes it impossible. You know, it's not you, – you can go to a movie theater and there are 16 different movies playing. Mm-hmm. What was the year when they started doing that, when they went to from 5 to 10? It wasn't that long ago. I think it was in the last five years. See, I, and I think that Hurt Locker was partly responsible for that as well, because right. that movie had the lowest box office uh, of any of any Best Picture winner ever. Wow! Huh? Um, and so they were like, "Oh, we've get, people were seeing this movie win that most people had not actually seen." Yeah. So what's coming out of this? Uh, what's coming out of this? We have we have uh, on the table right now. We have the the Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. And, uh, the Hurt Locker. I am, I loved the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. But we are technically choosing the best, best picture. Right. Oh, and yeah, it's not, not really I, couldn't, I wouldn't even think of that as a contender. Okay. Then, right. then uh, the Hurt Locker it is. All right. Hurt Locker comes it, out. It, what really it's coming down to is we're naming a lot of great movies and then we're going to decide between Schindler's List and The Godfather. Probably. <laughs> so let's pick, <laughs> let's pick the, for the last spade. I, this is an interesting, I actually like this run of films in general. Oh yeah. If we were going, by the way, if we were going for movies that we that were, if we were just doing love-based ratings, yeah, The Departed would have been my pick for the 2000s. Okay, I loved The Departed. As yeah, well. it's a good, it's a good movie. That's the movie yeah. that I can watch over and over again. It doesn't matter. Like it'll just, I just want to watch it. All right, I accept that premise. Uh, so moving on to the uh the most recent decade uh of yes. which is not completed yet of course uh the king's speech the artist Argo twelve years a slave Birdman or the unexpected virtue of ignorance Spotlight and Moonlight huh I had never seen the two of them together like that I noticed that before <laughs> yep. setting the path for 2017's winner Nightlight that's right they're <laughs> so excited now you don't have to be afraid of the dark uh. I love the King's Speech. I don't think it's the one that would, that I would I, pick I, out of these. I liked Argo a lot too. I know Argo gets some shade thrown on it for some reason, but I, I like it a lot. Um, I've watched some of the artists. I've not seen the. I have the Moonlight Screener at home, and I've not watched it yet. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, like it's the one I keep meaning to watch. So I, whatever you guys decide here, I'm okay with it. Um, Twelve Years a Slave is pretty great as well. Um. What did Birdman uh, beat? Oh, um, Whiplash. Oh yeah, it can. We cannot let it through for that. Whiplash is <laughs> Whiplash is a masterpiece. Yeah. It's so good. So we're eliminating Birdman just because of because <laughs> yeah. it won. It's gone. I I would have been. I would have picked Birdman except for the last whatever 30, 30 to sixty seconds of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, if those were different. Oh, things, are you? Been, you're talking about Emma Stone's the, the very end when she yeah. looks up and. Yeah. Do you think that it undermined the movie or do you think it changed? Do you think that he had these superpowers the whole time? Well, that's the thing. That I would have loved it to have ended without that kind of note where she looks up. It just made like like, I would have liked it to have been left ambiguous. I have heard, though. Do you think she was looking at something or she looked out the window and was just looking wistfully up. No, I don't think she was just looking. I mean, they were like, yeah, I think it was like they were trying to have their cake and eat it too by mm-hmm. being like, oh, we've left it ambiguous because you don't actually see him. You just see her. Uh, anyway, I was, I was so, uh, <laughs> I feel like the, the feeling that the movie leaves you with is so important. You know, like the, sure. end, the very end of the movie can change, you know, that's, that's what counts. E- even if the beginning of it was rocky at parts or whatever. The end is the thing. And, and Birdman was like, it had me, had me, and then lost me right at the end. Wow. It just like came down a little bit. And so what would have been in like an A plus for me all the way through, suddenly it dropped down to like a B plus or something, which is still a great movie. But that precipitous drop made me be like, oh, okay. I didn't like it as much. Whereas right. Whiplash, I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time. And then, then the very end was so incredible 
to me and then like the credits come roll and i was like that that's amazing that was like it was like an a and then it jumped up to so whiplash is the one we're taking out of the <laughs> yep yes yeah, exactly yeah it's a great right. ending that i watched that over that i watched that part specifically him coming back to play caravan yeah is so great yeah. that whole oh man so for the same reasons that thing of just like how oh you haven't seen it so i'm not going to say too much but um um moonlight i think is, is for me uh, maybe it's just because it's the one I've seen most recently, and so mm-hmm. I feel most affected by it. But the, but again, the way like the movie is so good, so yeah. good throughout the whole thing. But then the feeling that it left me with at the very end, like tweaked the story entirely. It like made me change how everything about how I felt about what had come before, um, and made it even better. Um, All right, Moonlight, it is then. Moonlight, I'm, I'm, I'm completely that? comfortable with Moonlight. All right, so. So now let's decide between The Godfather <laughs> and Schindler's List. Uh, I have my choice between Godfather and Schindler's List. Uh, all right. I, I think we should each w- – w- Mark and I will each uh, pick pick uh, our choice. Because and then if it's not the same, the we will leave the decision to you. Okay. And we will stand by you as 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 our OT3. Okay. We stand right. by y- your decision. Sounds uh, good. My choice is The Godfather. For all of the reasons mentioned before, that would get my vote. And mine is Schindler's List, although I am totally comfortable with it being The Godfather. And I'm totally comfortable with it being Schindler's List as yeah, well. There is something to it where it's it kind of stands alone, even if it hadn't. It didn't need the neither film, I guess, needed the Best Picture Oscar to no. define it. Um, but I think Schindler's List would have been the same movie without it. Either way, it just would have been how could that would have been the last Oscars ever if that film had not won. Yeah, I think there's. I'm gonna go with The Godfather. All right, all right, yeah. I think uh, because all considering all the things we've talked about, all the criteria of cultural influence, the you know the story, the characters, the epic scale of the filmmaking, um, what it did technically, and then also adding in this idea of like watchability and how much you love it, just the the what your heart says about it um, while recognizing and not at all denigrating the importance of Schindler's list. The Godfather gets that same, you know, departed love of course. And, and so, all right. Oh, uh, well then it leaves it to me to say people of the world. Don Colleoni, Thank you for seeing me on this, your daughter's wedding day. I appreciate you, uh, Selecting The Godfather as the best picture. And may your next podcast episode be a masculine podcast episode. <laughs> the greatest best picture winner after over 90 years of the award being handed out is The Godfather. Surprising no one. Surprising no one <laughs> at all. We, we led you on a, on a serpentine journey through like, American film. Like Billy trying to get out the front door in the family circus. <laughs> That's right. You wound up right back where you started. We should have really picked... We should have picked Titanic just to see just, how many people are listening. Hey, our, our listenership has really fallen <laughs> yeah. off, Hal. Yeah, we'll, yeah, exactly. But our our Twitter mentions are through the roof. <laughs> uh, that's it. Asked and answered. Godfather. Best, best picture winner. Rishi, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, man. This has been super fun. And I it's fun being on a ship with you for a week. Yeah. yeah. This is great. It's just starting right now. We're essentially in port. We're, we're, we're in port at Cabo San Lucas. This is the, this is, the second full day at sea. Mm-hmm. So there's so much uh, left to go, but uh, people will hear this soon. And in addition to your great work on Song Exploder, which you're going to be doing live on the boat, but the people on the boat won't hear this until later, um, <laughs> and the West Wing Weekly with our buddy Josh, uh, what else? Where can people find you? Where can they go get all everything? Um, let's see. If uh, if you guys – we were talking about Get Out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have seen that, I have a band – called Moors with one of the guys who's in Get Out. Um, Keith Stanfield and I make make this uh, project called Moors. You can look for that. It's on SoundCloud. M-O-O-R-S. We have an EP out. Um, that's the most recent like music project that I've been working on. Keith is also in, he plays Darius in Atlanta and he's a great rapper. Um, and I produced the music in that. And um, yeah, that's basically, those are my those are my main gems. Song Exploder, West Wing Weekly, and Moors these right. days. And where can we find you on Twitter? I'm at Rishi Hirway, which is uh, H-R-I-S-H-I. Rishi spelled with an H in the front. Rishi Hirway. All right. Fantastic. Uh, well, 
thank you uh, for joining us. And this topic has been solved, but there's so many more out there. And we want to hear from you, the listeners. Tell us what you want. Uh, this topic, by the way, was suggested, uh, and I did not mention it before because I forgot I had to have it up. Uh, <laughs> Again, people, there's no internet the time on this is near. We're doing this all analog. We have reached. Did you know Sinatra was supposed to be in The Godfather, but he wasn't? I think I filled in the time. That was Alex Beese, our friend from oh. Asbury Park Press. All right. What up, I'm Alex? sure I said your last name wrong. I've never had to say it because I just call you Alex. Thank you for the topic. Uh, if you want to suggest a topic to us, reach out to us on email at wegotthispodcast at gmail.com or at our burgeoning Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash wegotthispodcast. Or reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or check out the Maximum Fun subreddit. A Flame War is probably happening right now. Thank you, as always, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, who put together the Excel spreadsheet of all Excel spreadsheets wow. for this one. Uh, to our graphic designer, Uri Kelman, and QA engineer, Jen Alba. And thank you, of course, as always, to you, our listeners. You know, we're talking about the Oscars, and if you ever go to Hollywood, they have little fake Oscars in stores that say, like, best dad or world's best cook. Uh, if there was one of those that said world's best podcast audience, I would buy one for each and every one of you. Thanks for listening. Uh, for Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.